All right, and we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed It. Today, we're going to be talking about the Brianna Taylor case, guys. I got a new intro for y'all, added some things to it. I'm giving it a debut right now for you guys. Let me know what you guys think. Shout out to uh, Agent Fit for making this thing happen for me. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. No one else has these documents, by the way. Here's what FedEx covers. Dr. Lafredo confirmed lacerations due to stepping on glass. Murder investigation. You see reaching in his jacket. You don't know. And he's positioning. Been on February 13, 2019. You're facing two counts of two Racketeering and Rico conspiracy. Young, young slime life. Karen after referred to as YSL. The defendant's uh, 6 9 and then this is Billy Seiko right here. Now, when they first started, guys, 6ix9ine ran away. I'm upset. I'm watching this music video. You know, I'm bobbing my head like, hey, this shit lit. But at the same time, I'm pausing. Oh, wait, who this? Right? Oh, who's that in the back? Firearms and violent crimes. A.K.A. Pushaisi violated. You want to stay away from the victim. Rapper Pushaisi arrested after shooting at King of Diamonds. Oh, Miami Strip Club injured one this person. Is the, this is the one that, that's going to fuck him up because this gun is not crazy. Well, it happened at the gun range. Here's your boy 42 Doug right here on the left. Okay. Sex trafficking and sex crimes. They can effectively link him paying an underage girl. Right, right. And oh. the first bomb went off right here. Inspired by Al Qaeda. Two terrorists, the brothers, the Zokar Sarnev and Tamer Lin Sarnev. When the cartel shipped drugs into the country. As this guy got arrested for um, espionage, okay, trading secrets with the Russians for monetary compensation. The largest corrupt police bust in New Orleans history. The days of the police are gone. So he was in this bad boy. We're going to go over his past, the gang ties, so that this all makes sense. And I know you guys can see me. Hope you guys enjoyed that one, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit too big of a file for me to download it onto StreamYard, so uh, that's why I had to share the screen. But hopefully you guys like it, man. Um, if you guys uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Give me ones in the chat if you guys like it. Twos in the chat if you guys thought it was trash. Uh, give me ones in the chat if y'all enjoyed that one. If not, then we'll go back to the drawing board. But I hope you guys like that one, man. But, uh, yeah, it was too big for me to put into the actual StreamYard, man. Someone said too long. <laughs> and pause. All right, cool, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Uh, good to mind you guys. And, you know, I don't mind if it's too long, guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it might be a little long, but um you know like anytime you're watching a tv show that intro is always long bro you know what i mean like it gives you time to go get your popcorn and shit so uh so yeah all right mostly mostly ones mostly ones i see some twos in here damn y'all hate agent fit huh okay fair enough <laughs> oh man all right so uh today guys um he goes I kid you not, there's a power outage in my neighborhood. Uh, it's all good, man. It happens. You, you never do it on time, motherfucker. It is what it is. Uh, thank you for the donation, though, man. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about um, old intro is actually really good. I didn't like the last intro, man. The sound was, like, crappy and stuff like that. The audio wasn't good. It sounded all fucked up. It sounded cheap. Um, 007 intro, nah, bro, because I'm not a spy. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like that 007 intro is like if you're a spy or some shit. When you're a fed, you're not a spy. You know what I mean? So it didn't make sense. Uh, Zoji, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Quran Core. I know which one I like the best. I will pull, uh, will super chat it or make a poll, Myron. Okay, cool. Um, Kevin Thomas goes, Agent Fit, uh, do better next time, please. No excuses. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, shout out to you guys. <clears throat> Make a poll for that intro. See, but I would have to compare it against something else, uh, Karan. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, somebody said the older intro is better. Now I didn't like that old intro, man. Fuck that shit. That shit was trash. Myron's grand grandfather, and there's a picture of some. You guys are hilarious. Myron, you speak on my legacy. Be sure to know I was a scapegoat for Bush. Inshallah. <laughs> Ah, oh, man. Am I going to set Black Twitter on fire? I probably will. I probably will get them mad, but fuck Black Twitter. Who cares what they got to say? Because honestly, they're a bunch of fucking retards over there. Uh, they're way too concerned with their feelings over everything else. I'm a victim. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, my God. Oh, the man, he's holding me down. Like, that's all they fucking do over there, bro, is cry, and it's fucking annoying. Um, Let's see here. All right. So today's episode, guys. We're going to be talking about, um, I know, man. Yeah, yeah, Karan, they're, they're, being, they're being funny. Uh, today's episode, guys, we're going to talk about Breonna Taylor. So how did we get here? All right, let me move this up. And by the way, guys, I'm by myself. I'm not, uh, I don't have any assistance uh, today. <laughs> so how do we get here, guys? Well, we got here, guys, from this right here, okay? Um, before, actually, you know what? Let me just move it over here. Bam. And then uh, we're going to stop screen share. And then we're going to screen share right here, guys. So we got here, guys, because basically this video right here, it's called The Dark uh, Truth Mainstream Media Didn't Tell You About Breonna Taylor. And in this video, guys, I break down the uncomfortable truths that, you know, mainstream media did not tell you guys about Breonna Taylor. You know, I broke down the, uh, you know, the New York Times video on the situation. I break down um, the case. I go through the the case file. Okay, if you guys go on um, on uh, LouisvillePolice.org, they actually have all the documents of the case on here. And I just kind of went line by line with y'all on the case, and um, and ended up where basically, you know, the police officers, some of the police officers that were involved in drafting the search warrant, and one that was involved in the actual search warrant itself, ended up getting charged federally. However, let me make this extremely clear for all you guys right now, because this video got everyone all triggered. Oh, my God, Byron, you're so fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Make this extremely clear for all you snowflakes out there, all right? Number one, Brianna Taylor did not deserve to die. No one deserves to die in their own home with the circumstances that occurred. However, we got to deal with the realities here. Brianna Taylor was a criminal, guys, Okay. Give you guys a quick little recap on what happened last time. Okay, let's, br let's break this thing down again. She was dating a guy named Jamarcus Glover, okay? This guy, his nickname, a.k.a. El Chapo, was in and out of prison, had several felony warrants. He was trafficking drugs all over um, the area, okay? In Louisville, Kentucky. It's in Kentucky, okay? He was a high-level drug trafficker. The police department was looking at him and had developed a significant amount of probable cause on him, okay? Not only did they identify him, but they identified several of his stash houses. They identified other conspirators in the drug trafficking organization. And Brianna Taylor was a member of this organization. She was essentially a career moving money and helping him with looking out for drugs. And he would go to her house to do drops, okay? Now, with that said, the police, okay lied in one of the affidavits, which in this case is going to be this bad boy right here, okay? 
uh, this document right here, which I'm going to share with you guys, the search warrant. I'm going to we're going to break this down, by the way, too, in a little bit more detail. Uh, but this search warrant right here, okay, uh, and you guys can see here, Detective jo Detective Joshua C. James, who's actually one of the people that got indicted in this case. Um, in this search warrant, apparently, some of the stuff here was um, not factual. Okay, now here's the thing I want to say: How the hell am I going to know that, right? If I read a, 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 from all the other stuff that I read in this case file, which this is an extensive case file, by the way, guys, this is page 135. Look at all this paperwork here, right, that they had on Jamarcus Glover, right, where they identified jail calls. They identified Breonna Taylor on the phone calls, talking to him, talking about hiding money for him, his drug trafficking uh, proceeds, bailing him out of jail, okay? There was an extensive investigation on Breonna Taylor. So... Though she did not deserve to go the way she did, there is no disputing she was 100% a member of this drug trafficking organization and was a criminal, guys, okay? And not to mention, don't forget that the police got onto her originally because she rented a vehicle, okay, that led to the death of an individual, okay? That's how this all started. That's how they even got a hold of her since 2016 they were looking at her, okay? A guy was gunned down, right? That was involved in criminal activity. And the vehicle, right? The, the suspect vehicle that was used to kill that individual was rented by Breonna Taylor, okay? And she was boyfriends or a girlfriend of uh, Jamarcus Glover, who was a drug trafficking, uh, a drug trafficker guy, a drug, a drug trafficker, higher level, was driving interstate to procure the drugs and coming back to Louisville, to distribute, had several trap houses under his control, and she was helping him throughout the way. They observed their own surveillance. They observed their own poll cameras. They observed their being a lookout. They observed their holding money onto him. They have jail calls, everything. She was a criminal. Fuck your feelings, period. She was a criminal. Does that mean she deserved to die? Absolutely not. However, we're not going to sit here and make her a saint like the rest of uh, mainstream media wants to do anytime someone is killed. Listen, man, if you're a criminal, you're a criminal. All right. That does not mean you deserve to die. However, we cannot sit here and not call a spade a spade. She was a criminal, guys. All right. And this entire case file shows that overwhelmingly, by the way, if you guys watch that breakdown, this breakdown was how long for almost five hours long. I go through the whole case. I go through <clears throat> a significant amount of the case is going through the jail calls between her and Jamarcus Glover. That in itself is ridiculous. They talk about criminal activity in detail on the jail calls, guys, on the jail calls. They have the transcripts in here, all right? And the scary part is they don't even have all the calls on here, all right? But this is all the stuff that they had on her, all right? So the search warrant, right, if you draft up, and I talked about this in detail, but let me tell you guys what a search warrant is. Basically, a search warrant is when you search a residence, okay, you have to write something called an affidavit in support of a search warrant, Okay. That affidavit, guys, is administered under oath. You have to go to the judge and swear everything in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, okay? And if it's not accurate or stuff isn't true or correct, right, and you willfully, right, and you willfully omit information or you lie, yes, that is perjury. That's a lie. You deserve to go to jail 100%. I'm not saying that the officers that perjured the, uh, the search warrant here didn't deserve to go to prison. But what I am saying is that she was 100% a criminal, okay? 
It's just that these officers did a sloppy job of doing this case and getting the paperwork correctly. All right. So, uh, okay. So let me hit some of these. Uh, let me make sure I don't miss anything here, guys. And I appreciate all the support, by the way. Uh, Michael Mistroke with the uh, super sticker. Thank you so much. Uh, two bucks. Uh, and then we got here. And guys, I'm doing this bad boy alone, by the way. So, uh, you know, bear with me here. Um, and then we got uh, James Castillo goes, uh, big shout out from Des Moines, Iowa, brother. Thank you for being transparent with all you do. Uh, you're the big brother I never had. I got you, my friend. Uh, shout out to all my young guys, man. I probably got uh, my brother's uh, right around your guys' age. If you're like 19, 18, 20, 21, 22, my brother's right around your age. So I get it. Can we get a new intro with Big Mo for the late night? Uh, yeah, you know what, guys? We are working on that. Uh, we just need Mo to lose weight. <laughs> uh, but he's working on it heavy. Uh, Don P, Super Sticker, thank you so much. I appreciate that greatly, my friend. Um, and let's see here. And I can see people already getting, you know, in their feelings. Oh, yo, bro, Myron. Oh, Brianna Taylor. Well, you know, again, like I said, bro, bro, guys, she's not, she's not a bad human being or deserve anything bad to happen to her. But we cannot sit here and lie and be like she was an angel. She was a criminal, guys. She was a member of drug trafficking organization. And she had a pretty important role. For her guy, Jamarcus uh, Glover, a.k.a. El Chapo. Yes, that was his nickname, guys. El Chapo in the streets. Uh, can you do the starved Illinois murders from the nineteen from 1960? Uh, I guess I could look into that. You look more jacked than usual on your IG story today. Are you putting on more masks now? I'll pause myself. Uh, no, man, I'm just leaning out a bit. You know, it's amazing how, uh, you know, getting lean will create the illusion of size, my friend. So uh, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, and, yeah, guys, do me a quick favor. Like the video. So, okay. So we're going to go ahead and get right into this bad boy. Now that I gave you guys a quick little um, rundown of uh, this, the search warrant, what they what they got the police officers for, um, and yeah, kind of what the hell went down here and a quick little recap as to what happened with that Breonna Taylor case, guys. All right. So, um, so we're going to go ahead and pull up the USDOJ um, press release, guys, um, because as you guys know, the feds went ahead and arrested um, uh, a couple of the officers that were involved in this, right? USDOJ um, press release. Give me one second, guys. Um, Brianna, right? And they made a big uh, a big deal about this. This is obviously a, um, a big deal because, as you guys know, when this originally happened, uh, when this originally happened back in March of 2020, uh, the whole country went what, wild, man, in 2020. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and share screen here. Give me one second, guys. Like I said, I'm doing this bad boy by myself. So this is it. Louisville, Kentucky, police officer charged with federal crimes. So this was the actual press release from the Department of Justice, okay? And this is the attorney general here, okay, making this announcement. Good morning, everyone. Earlier today... I spoke with the family August 4, 2022 of Brianna Taylor. This morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Those alleged crimes include civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force and obstruction offenses. The four defendants were charged through two separate indictments and one information. I'm going to begin today by discussing. Okay, and we're going to talk about that, guys. Uh, the indictments versus information. Okay, um, 
and I'll give you guys the differences between an information, and I'll also tell you guys who snitched. Yes, I figured it out. Someone definitely cooperated in this case. Discussing the civil rights offenses that stem from the falsification of a search warrant. We allege that these offenses resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. These charges focus on the conduct of the Louisville Metro Police Department's Place-Based Investigations Unit. In the first indictment filed today, we allege that in early 2020, that unit was investigating suspected drug trafficking in the west end of Louisville. On March 12, 2020, officers from that unit sought five search warrants they claimed were related to the suspected drug trafficking. Four of those warrants targeted properties in the West End where that activity was allegedly occurring. Now, those were the trap houses that I told you guys about before. Okay. Those, and, and, and it wasn't a let, like they had overwhelming evidence, guys. When we read through that case file, y'all saw it. They had, they had been um, observing drug traffic activities, they had done seizures. They knew these houses were involved in um, firearms and uh, drugs, and they actually seized the drugs and they seized guns from these residences. A fifth search warrant was for Brianna Taylor's home, which was approximately 10 miles away from the West End. The federal charges announced today allege that members of the place-based investigations unit falsified the affidavit. AKA PBI, as you guys see in the documents, uh, PBI it was a uh, basically like think of it as like a, a criminal investigation team set up purposely for high risk areas in Louisville. It used to obtain the search warrant of Ms. Taylor's home, that this act violated federal civil rights laws and that those violations resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. Specifically, we allege that Ms. Taylor's Fourth Amendment rights were violated when defendants Joshua Jaynes, Kyle Meany, and Kelly Goodlett sought a warrant to search Ms. Taylor's home knowing that the officers lacked probable cause for the search. Now, I want to make this extremely clear for all the low IQ people out there that don't understand the difference here. They went after the officers that drafted the search warrant, okay? The only, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of these officers that were, that um, hit the house, okay, were actually the ones that drafted this search warrant as well, okay? So, and they weren't even, like, the main guys that were shooting, okay, the main officers that were shooting, they weren't necessarily the ones, okay, that drafted up this warrant. So they're going after the guys that wrote this warrant and uh, were involved in drafting it and everything else like that and lying, all right? So, like, one of the main officers that got involved in, uh, involved in the shooting, John Mattingly, for example, the one that got shot in the leg and then shot back and, um, and actually shot Breonna Taylor, he didn't get indicted in this, okay, because he was not involved in the drafting of the warrant, okay? Now, one of the officers that was involved in this shooting did get indicted, and he actually was charged by the state, okay, for one-time endangerment, which is basically like reckless and disregard, uh, disregard, because he was shooting at the house um, from outside. He basically took like a tactical edge, and he started shooting at the house from the side, which I'll show you all that here in a little bit. And I'll pull up that video just so you guys kind of get a better uh, visual representation of what the hell is going on here. We allege that the defendants knew the affidavit in support of that warrant contained false and misleading information and that it omitted material information. Among other things, the affidavit falsely claimed that officers had verified that the target of the alleged drug trafficking operation had received packages at Ms. Taylor's address. In fact, defendants Jaynes and Goodlatte knew 
That was not true. We further allege that defendants Jaynes and Meany knew the search warrant would be carried out by armed LMPD officers and that conducting that search could create a dangerous situation for anyone who happened to be in Ms. Taylor's home. As outlined in the charging documents, the officers who ultimately carried out the search at Ms. Taylor's department were not involved in the drafting of the warrant and were unaware of the false and misleading statements it contained. When those officers executed the search warrant, Ms. see what I mean? The, so the, the people that wrote the warrant, guys, are not necessarily the same people that executed the warrants. Okay. So I want to make that very clear because a lot of people tend to think, oh, they went ahead and charged the guys that actually shot Breonna Taylor. No, they did not. They went after the people that wrote the search warrant for her house that led to the shooting of Breonna Taylor, which is very an, a very important distinction, guys. Ms. Taylor was at home with another person who was in lawful possession of a handgun. When officers broke down the door to Ms. Taylor's apartment, that person, believing that intruders were breaking in, immediately fired one shot, hitting the first officer at the door. The person that fired that shot was her boyfriend, okay, Kenneth Walker. However, let me make this extremely clear. Kenneth Walker is also a criminal, guys. They found evidence on his phone that he was setting up to rob people, and he was also a drug trafficker as well, selling weed, molly, coke, and um, and he was also basically, uh, he was kind of like, how do I say this? He ripped a lot of drug dealers, okay? So he wasn't a saint either, all right? And then also, I want to make this also very, very clear. When they arrested him, I played this in my other video, when they originally went up and grabbed him and said, hey, who shot the shot? He said, Brianna shot the shot. Now, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories or anything like that, okay? But it's extremely strange how when she walked out of the room, he was right next to her, all right? And he was walking behind her. Now, granted, they were sleeping in her house, but that would be weird for him to be standing right behind her like that. But he was the one that shot with her in front of him. Because keep in mind, she was in front of him, he was behind her, and she took all the bullets when he shot that shot. So what I'm thinking, honestly, is that potentially, not saying that she did, but it is possible that she could have been the one that shot the shot because that would make more sense from a logistical standpoint, okay? Why would you be behind someone knowing that you have the firearm and you could potentially hit the person that's in front of you? It just doesn't make sense, okay? Especially as the individual to be the guy. So let's keep playing. Two officers immediately fired a total of 22 shots into the apartment. Those shots hit Ms. Taylor in the chest and killed her. We allege that the defendants knew their actions in falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation, and we allege these unlawful acts resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. The charges announced today also allege that the officers responsible for falsifying the affidavit that led to the search took steps to cover up their unlawful conduct after Ms. Taylor was killed. We allege that- And we're going to talk about that as well. Defendants Jaynes and Goodlett conspired to knowingly falsify an investigative document that was created after Ms. Taylor's death. We also allege that they conspired to mislead federal, state, and local authorities who were investigating the incident. For example, we allege that in May 2020, those two defendants met in a garage where they agreed to tell investigators a false story. Now, if that's really what went down, which is what they're saying did happen, 
then yeah, bro, very stupid. And you, you lying on affidavit is one of the worst things you could do. And then going ahead and conspiring and meeting up with each other, like, hey, bro, yeah, we're gonna say this to the FBI, we're gonna say this to Internal Affairs or whatever. Extremely stupid. You know, you don't get a pass for that. You know, you don't lie on 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 documents to get search warrants, and then you also don't sit there and conspire to lie and you know cut, try to come up with some kind of story between you guys so that you don't. Um, you know, so that you can go ahead and not get in tr- basically lie to internal affairs. Cause anytime there's going to be any type of probe, internal affairs is going to do an investigation. And if it's really serious, the feds are going to do an investigation. All right. Uh, real quick, hit some of these chats, Uh shout out to, um, to three diglets. He goes, um, damn. So I made them draft that warrant with misleading statements, racism. I, here's the thing, man, just lazy police work. Uh, Mario Valdez, five bucks. Hey, Mario, do you think about joining CPD at 31? I'm in the process of it. 80K standard pay. Well, lots of OT, so pretty much a six figure job. Yeah, bro, do it. Absolutely do it. Um, how do we know those jail calls slash other efforts on her criminal or bogus just paint a bad light on her, just like the BS warrant? See, well, you know what, man? That's a good question. That is a very, very good question. But what I will tell you is that that surveillance, they had pictures, they had, um, uh, obviously they had a pole camera on the houses. They actually did seize drugs and weapons and cash when they did these uh, search warrants and when they uh, made these arrests in the past. So they had a solid investigation. It's just that the search warrant, fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like, this is why you got to have, honestly, guys, and, and I'll break this down for y'all real quick. When I was an agent myself, I wrote all the search warrants. I wrote all the search warrants. I wrote all the affidavits to arrest people, whatever, because I was very, very sharp when writing affidavits. Because I, right, typically almost always knew all the facts of the case. And then if I didn't know, I just I wouldn't put it in. Like if I wasn't 100% sure that it was a fact and circumstance in the investigation, I would not put it in. I'd rather put less in and know it's 1,000% right then try to put in more and be like, oh, I need to get like, fuck no, hell no, can't do that, you know? But that's the difference between the feds and the state, man. You need a lot of probable cause, all right, at the federal level to get a search warrant. At the state level, it's a little bit easier. It's actually significantly easier, easier. okay? But again, this is why, this is the, the importance of having the person that writes up affidavits being on point, man. Uh, okay, uh, Rory F., uh, intro idea, Mo's alone in the shady room pounding back burgers and dogs. You burst in and arrest him for being a fat ass. Fed 1811, this intro shows. Okay, sir. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Uh, you guys are very funny. Um, I think we're caught up here. Uh, Chris is not here. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, Myron, has been lurking ever since you were introduced on Rule Zero back in the day. So everything that's happened since then, hope all is well. Thank you very much. Chris is not here. Five bucks. Um, Haitian Jack, since you live and I'm from here, can you do Willie Falcone and Sal Moguda? Yes, I will do the Mafia as well, man. Don't worry. I will definitely do the Mafia. That's coming. Um, I know you guys like Lo Cosa Nostra. Did Christina leave? No, guys. Christina is uh, she's feeling better now. She just got sick, guys. She was up in Boston and she got sick. So um, she's finally doing better, though. All right. Uh, so we'll keep playing this bad boy. This indictment separately alleges that defendant Meany lied to the FBI during its investigation of this matter. Meany, guys, was the supervisor of Jane's, okay? One of the guys that drafted the affidavit. Another indictment filed today alleges that after Ms. Taylor was shot, another LMPD officer, defendant Brett Hankison, moved from the doorway to the side of her apartment and fired 10 more shots through a window and a sliding glass door, both of which were covered with blinds and curtains. 
All right, and we're going to break this down as well, guys. Uh, real quick, we got uh, three diglets in the house with uh, Biggs, $100 Super Chat. Thank you so much. He goes, Martin, is it true that police have to arrest a certain amount of people every month to meet a quota? I'm not aware of that. When I was a Fed, that definitely wasn't the case. Um, but I don't know how standard police departments work. I doubt it. I mean, obviously, stats are important, right? Getting arrested and everything else like that. But having quotas, I don't know, man. I don't know how local police, if local police departments have quotas. Uh, feds definitely don't. Um, that's why they could do five year long investigation. No one cares. Now we're gonna go ahead, guys, and show. I'm gonna show you guys a quick little diagram of how this arrest actually, um, how they hit this house. Okay, and this is from the uh, the New York Times, which I broke this down. Um, there's a lot of issues in this little documentary that they made and the, the things they didn't talk about um, in the Breonna Taylor case. But um, let's go ahead and um, uh, look at how they did the search warrant. So this is when the police show up, right? By the two officers nearest the door, Mattingly and Nobles, Cosgrove, who's providing cover, and Hoover and Hankinson beside them. All right, so none of these officers, guys, right, were indicted. Just so I want to make that very clear. All these officers that actually did the search warrant we're not indicted. You guys are wondering, well, well hold on, hold on, Myron. How are they not indicted when they're the ones that actually enacted on the search warrant? Guys, the reason why is because there's something called good faith, okay? So they got the search warrant given to them by, right, the, the, the affiant, right, and the other officers involved in the actual case that wrote, wrote up the affidavits, and they executed this search warrant under something called good faith. It's, it's a rule. It's an exception, okay? So if an officer does something, it, it, which is called under good faith, they're not going to get prosecuted a lot of the times if they were just acting and doing their job, assuming everything was correct. Because if someone gives you a search warrant, it's not like you're there looking at it like, hmm, is this thing legit, blah, blah, blah. If an officer gives it to you, you know, well, he's a credible source. He got us sworn by a judge. He got us signed. All right, cool. We're going to execute it for you. Fantastic. Cool. We'll do it. You know? So that's why these guys are all protected and none of them are getting charged. However, Hankinson did, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. And he got indicted separately on another charge, okay? And we'll hear from Neighbors and Kenneth Walker, who was interviewed by police right And I think this is important for you guys to see how the search warrant actually went down, okay? After the shooting. When we all got up in line, I knocked on the door, banged on it. Just as Mattingly begins to knock, a man emerges from the apartment directly above. He doesn't live there, but is picking up his child after finishing work. The door right there, that's why the babysit on it. So I can go pick up my little girl. A squabble with Detective Brett Hankison ensues, and already the team seems on edge. I remember Brett extending his gun saying, get back in your apartment, get back in your apartment. Brett was a little bit worked up. I remember looking at Brett saying, Brett, relax. Brett, just relax, relax. The man retreats inside. The police are supposed to be... And I mean, of course, you're going to be worked up when you're about to do a search warrant, you know, because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know, anxiety is high. You know, this is me coming from someone that's actually hit doors, you know, not a New York Times reporter that don't know shit. Someone comes out. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen if they have a gun or, you know, if they're if they're like uh, protecting this, uh, you know, a drug house, whatever it may be. You don't know. So, of course, you're going to tell them, hey, get back in your fucking apartment. You know what I mean? You want to be able to make sure that you're able to do a clean exit, a clean entry into the home and not have any people, you know, hitting you with some crossfire. Be conducting a knock and announce raid, but that's not what Mattingly says happens at first. We didn't announce the first couple because our intent was to give her plenty of time to come to the door. Inside, Taylor wakes up. So it's a loud bang at the door. She That's the boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, who I told you guys before, is also a crook. You know, it's, it's very important that we know the type of people that were involved in this situation. He pops up out of sleep to scare her to death. Me too. Like, who is that? Banged on the door. 
no response, banged on it again, no response. At that point, we started announcing ourselves. Whether the police announced themselves clearly enough is a critical issue in this story that we'll return to later on. Not knowing who's at the door this late, Walker grabs his licensed handgun. Another knock at the door. She's like, who is it? Loud at the top of her lungs. No response. So I'm like, what the heck? They rush to get dressed and walk toward the door. Never even made it like mid-hallway. But as loud as we were screaming to say who it is, I know whoever would be on the other side of the door could hear us. Outside, some of the police do hear Taylor. I can hear somebody inside. I kept telling John, I can hear her. But after knocking and waiting for around 45 seconds, they decided they've given her enough time to respond and rammed the door open. And this is weird how they both come out together, okay? The last time I just said, let's just hit it. And that's when we did the, you know, police search warrant. We'll show here what the police and Walker describe seeing next. And I hit it. After the third hit, it flew open. And that's when it hit the fan. As we're coming to the door, the door light comes off the hinges like an explosion. The officers now make a tactical mistake. Mattingly steps into the doorway and puts himself in what police describe as the fatal funnel, a position vulnerable to gunfire and hard to move from. I could see down the hallway and there's a the male. Well, this is where, see, and this is why I hate when reporters, right, like give, like they, they try to speak as if they're intelligent and they know what the fuck is going on. Yes, he is in the fatal funnel, but you're doing a search warrant. You have to make entry into the home at some point, bro. What are you talking about? You know, so you're going to have to go in now. You know, obviously, guys, this is all happening, you know, in seconds, milliseconds. You know what I'm saying? So you have literally split seconds to react to certain things. Okay. So. He's not expecting them to be down the hallway like this, and he sees a silhouette, and then this is what happens next. And a female, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. It's almost like they were together. The apartment is lit only by the breezeway light that's coming from behind Mattingly and the faint glare of the TV in Taylor's bedroom. You can't see anybody, though. It was dark. There was no light. Thinking it's an intruder, Walker aims low, shoots once, and hits Mattingly in the thigh. I feel like that aimed down, because I wouldn't... Of course, I'm, I don't need to. And that was a big mistake right there. Kill anybody. So I just let off one shot. Mattingly immediately returns fire. I got four rounds off and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Then all of a sudden there's a whole lot of shots. Mattingly fires two more rounds when he falls and takes cover. And I showed the, the chaos that happened after that because he got hit like pretty much like around the femur artery, guys. He was bleeding bad. Almost at the same time, Cosgrove moves in and fires, stepping on Mattingly in the process. He has now also put himself in the fatal funnel, and although he's shooting, he appears to have no idea what's happening. I see blinding, vivid, white light and blackness at the same time. I don't hear any gunfire at all, ever, and I did not have any pain, sensation, or any recollection that, that I'm firing. And when you're obviously, guys, when you're in a high situation, like, you know, this is this is crazy stuff. This is life or death. You know, you just watch your partner get shot next to you. OK. And, you know, a lot of you guys don't work in law enforcement. So you might not understand this or never had worked in law enforcement or never even been in a, a firearms trained. You know, uh, this is life or death. OK. So he sees a partner go down, get shot in the leg, bleeding out. So he gets in there and he starts firing as well. Adrenaline is hitting him. You know, he's trying to keep his partner from getting killed continues shooting blindly until he runs out of ammunition a total of 16 rounds if you told me i didn't fire a gun i'd be i'd be, I'd be like okay i believe you 
In response to Walker's shot, Mattingly and Cosgrove together fire four shots into a chair, cupboards and a stove in the kitchen. Two bullets go into the ceiling and pass through the living room in the apartment above, where the man, his two-year-old daughter and babysitter waited. Three more shots go into the living room wall to the right, and the officers fire 13 rounds down the hallway where Taylor and Walker stood. Taylor is shot six times on both sides of her body, in the abdomen and chest, her arm and leg, and twice in her foot. The shot in the chest is what in killed all, her. These two officers fire 22 rounds in less than a minute. An FBI ballistics report found that both of them shot Taylor, and that one of the 16 rounds Cosgrove fired was the lethal bullet. We both dropped yeah, that hit her in the chest. But I just hear her screaming, you know. Thinking they're under attack, some of the officers flee when they hear a pause in shooting. Okay. So now this is where one of the guys that got indicted, guys. Now you guys saw how the search went, okay? This is what prompts Hankinson to do what he does here in a second, who was charged in the situation. He was the only person that actually hit the house that was charged in this federal indictment, okay? little bitty moment of no shots. I was like, here's the time to go. And then it all started up again. We don't know the precise sequence of events, but Detective Hankinson runs to the front. I can hear the firing as I'm going, as I'm making the corner. I can see the flashes, the muzzle flashes. But the only ones shooting are police. Even though... See, but he doesn't know that, okay? He doesn't know that it's only the police shooting. He thinks that when the gunfire is going on, guys, you don't know. You're just like, oh, shit. Now, what he did here... Probably very stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just be honest here. This was not a smart move, but I can see why he did it, but it was not a smart move. And you're going to see here in a second. All the curtains are drawn. Hankinson blindly fires five bullets through the patio windows. My only option was to turn fire, and I did that to the muzzle flashes. He moves and fires five more rounds through the bedroom window of Taylor's sister, who isn't home. Two bullets fly over Walker and Taylor, but none hits them. Bullets that go into the living area pass over Taylor's sofa and kitchen table and smash her clock. Three penetrate the wall and enter her neighbor's apartment. Those bullets also smash the kitchen table, hit a wall, and shatter the patio doors at the rear. So yeah, so he his mistake was he thought that he was like taking a side shot to flank and shooting them from the side, but he didn't realize that he he did not he wasn't even close. Okay. And his mistake was thinking that the shots of the police officers that were shooting were the shots coming from the aggressors, okay? Because remember, guys, this is all happening crazy. You don't know who shot what. Like, when you hear gunshots, you don't know, is that my guy shooting? Or is that the bad guy shooting? It's fucking pandemonium, all right? Now, am I giving the police officers here a pass? No. But what I am telling you is that when you hear the shots going off, you don't have time to sit there and think like, hmm, who shot this shot? Was it this person that shot this shot? Was it this person that shot this shot? It's very easy for people to sit back and Monday morning quarterback and be like, well, actually, sir, it was your own guys that shot the shot. You don't fucking know that at the time, all right? Police officers are never judged in 2020 hindsight. They're always judged on what they knew at the time based on the facts known to them, all right? So, okay, based on, like, what he knew, what he did could be seen as reasonable, okay? Could be, all right? Now, would have I done that? No. Do I think what he did was dumb? Yes. But I can see where his he was coming from, all right? I can see where he was coming from because, again, you can't judge police officers on 2020 hindsight. I'm judging him off the facts that he knew, what he heard, what he saw. He sees one of his people go down, bleeding out. He goes to the side. Obviously, he's like, yo, we got to get rid of this guy that's shooting at us, okay? 
So he fires into the house from a flank position thinking that he's doing something, but he wasn't, all right? A pregnant woman, her son and partner were home. Hankinson has been charged with wantonly endangering their lives. He was charged and found not guilty, guys. All right? That's also uh, very, very important. And for the idiot, somebody said, stop the bias, Myron. Bro, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why, like, when I talk, um, you know, tactical training, firearms, anything like that, you, you need to get out of your normie mind and understand that I'm speaking to you from a law enforcement perspective and telling you how police officers think when they're engaging in use of force situations. Of course, you're going to say some stupid shit like that saying you're biased. No, I clearly told you what he did was not smart. However, I can see why he did what he did. And then on top of that, keep in mind, he got charged and the charges, he, he got acquitted. Okay. So what does that tell you? It tells it's it, that tells you right there, right? Tells me as well that the jury could not convict him because clearly what he did was justified when all the facts came out according to the jury. So they didn't even charge, they didn't even convict him. All right. I'm telling you how police officers deal with threats. All right. In total, the police fired 32 bullets, penetrating almost every room in Taylor's apartment. They hit saucepans, cereal boxes, and smash into her shower. They puncture shoes, shatter cleaning equipment, and land in her sister's clothing. And three minutes after police came to search her home, a fatally wounded Taylor is lying on the ground. I'm just panicking and I'm telling somebody, I'm yelling help, cause she's right here bleeding and nobody's coming and I'm just confused and scared and I feel the same right now. That's Kenneth Walker right there, the boyfriend talking to internal affairs investigators. That's it. Months later, when Attorney General Daniel Cameron presented the charges against Hankison and said that Mattingly and Cosgrove's actions were justified, he emphasized... So, and everyone got mad as well when they didn't charge the, the officers that shot and killed Breonna Taylor. You know, they, they only charged Hankison, the guy that ran on the side and started shooting. So let's go back to the uh, DOJ uh, press release here. So now we know where Hankison was shooting from, so you guys have a better representation. Defendant Hankison has been charged with two civil rights offenses, alleging that he willfully used unconstitutionally excessive force while acting in his... We got some emotional people in the chat. I knew this was going to trigger some people, bro. It's amazing how people can't put their feelings aside and observe the facts of, of, of the investigation. This is funny, you know. Official capacity as an officer. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark will speak more about that aspect of the case. As in any case, the charges we announce today are allegations, and all defendants are presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. Before I close, I want to thank Assistant Attorney General Clark, her team in the Civil Rights Division, and the case agents at the FBI for their tireless work on this case. We share, but we cannot fully imagine, the grief felt by Brianna Taylor's loved ones and all of those affected by the events of March 13th, 2020. Brianna Taylor should be alive today. The Justice Department. Shout out to someone in here that's a former Leo and understands what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just giving you guys how the police deal with threats 
and shootings. Even some guy in here said, I'm military, Myron. This is biased. Uh, the military and law enforcement, my friend, are not the same whatsoever <laughs> at all. Okay. Is committed to defending and protecting the civil rights of every person in this country. That was this department's founding purpose, and it remains our urgent mission. Attorney General Clark. Assistant Attorney General Clark. Since the founding of our nation, the Bill of Rights to the United States Constitution has guaranteed that all people have a right to be secure in their homes, free. All right, so we don't care what she got to say. We care what the assist, the uh, attorney general had to say. The attorney general, guys, by the way, is the chief law enforcement official in the United States, okay, for the Department of Justice, all right? So they made that announcement. So let's go ahead and go through some of the court documents, okay, guys? Actually, no, we can read the, uh, one of the press releases, uh, Breonna Taylor shooting, bam. Uh, we can, yeah, this was actually, we could play this one. Major news. Okay, we'll play this bad boy real quick, and then we'll get into the documents, guys. And let me see here if we got any chats. Um, and thank you guys so much for our donations, man. Appreciate it greatly. Um, like I said, we got some emotional people in the chat, which is always going to happen whenever I cover anything that has to do with um, cases that tie into Black Lives Matter. People immediately start crying and say, oh, my Ranger you're biased. Oh, my God. Oh, but the pigs, the blood, the, you know, the cops. Whatever. Like I said before, man, lying in affidavit is unacceptable. Okay. So for these individuals that lied in the, on the affidavit, nah, man, that's that's not good. That's not good at all. And you deserve to go to jail for lying on affidavit. Definitely shouldn't. However, I went through the case file. They had a ridiculous amount of information on her and all the people involved in the drug traffic organization. Uh, William and Sal wasn't the course of no show. They were Cuban immigrants that ran cocaine industry in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, the show by me vice was made after them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know who you're talking about, bro. I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes, I can cover those guys. I watched the documentary on them as well. Mine used to pass fresh with subs. You're a beast. Uh, hey, man, uh, like I said, guys, uh, fresh in the middle of switching up his content, so um, he was working on, on some stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. Okay, I think we're caught up. Cool. New developments in the deadly police shooting of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky. The Justice Department today leveling federal charges against four current and former officers connected with her death. Among the charges, officers are accused of falsifying documents to obtain the search warrant of her home where she was shot and killed. Then they're accused of lying to cover it up. ABC's Faith Abube reporting tonight from Louisville. Which that is unacceptable. I 100% agree that is 100% unacceptable. You cannot line affidavits. You know, that's why I draw the line. You can't do that shit. Okay? And if these guys had just done better police work, they probably wouldn't have been able they probably would have been able to get the probable cause that they needed to get in that house. More than 2 years after Brianna Taylor was shot to death in a botched drug raid, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland today announcing federal charges for four current and former Louisville Metro Okay. These are the police officers. This is the girl, Kelly Goodlett. Um, this is Hankinson right here, guys. Um, I think this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, Jane's. And I think this, is, yeah, yeah, this is Miani. And then this is Jane's. Okay. See, I, I didn't even notice their names were right here. But yeah. Uh, and this girl right here, 100% snitched. Okay, guys, I'm going to show you guys how I know that she snitched and she cooperated with the government. Um, definitely she cooperated with the government. I'll show you guys here in a second because she got hit with an information and not an indictment. And I'll explain that here in a second. And then Hankison, this is the guy that shot into the, um, into the house like an idiot. Um, Janes was the actual affiant. 
And then Miani was the supervisor. Patrol police officers. The federal charges announced today allege that members of the place-based investigations unit falsified the affidavit used to obtain the search warrant of Ms. Taylor's home. Prosecutors say Sergeant Cal Meany and detectives Joshua James and Kelly Goodlett knew the search warrant lacked probable cause. And they say those two detectives later conspired to cover up their lies, allegedly meeting in a garage to come up with a false story for investigators. We allege that the defendants knew their actions in falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation. Walk back to my voice! Prosecutors say the officers who executed the warrant at Taylor's home knew nothing about the false affidavit. And when Taylor's boyfriend mistook police for an... Again, like I said before, guys, the people that actually executed the warrant versus the people that got charged are two different sets of people. And the people that executed the warrant that were actually involved in the shooting that killed Breonna Taylor, they didn't get charged. An intruder firing a shot from his registered gun in self-defense. Officers opened fire, killing the 26-year-old EMT. For she was not an EMT. She was fired because she was involved in a murder investigation, which, again, the mainstream media will not tell you guys this, okay? Um, she was fired from being an EMT because she was a subject of a murder investigation because, like I told you guys before, in 2016, her vehicle, uh, sorry, a vehicle she rented was used to kill an individual, all right? Now, again, like I said, does this mean that Breonna Taylor deserved to die? Absolutely not, okay? But we got to call a spade a spade, man. She was a criminal involved in a criminal organization and had a sufficient, uh, a, had a uh, important role in said criminal organization and was working directly underneath a large-scale drug trafficker in the Louisville, Kentucky area, okay? But the news will not tell you this, guys. They will not tell you this. All right. I'm looking at this objectively, baby. I'm telling y'all, yo, these cops fucked up for lying in the affidavit. I'm telling you guys, this guy Hankinson fucked up for shooting on the side. Okay. I can see where he's coming from, but he fucked up. All right. So I'm keeping an objective here, but I'm keeping an objective on all ends. Breonna Taylor was a criminal. Fuck your feelings. I don't care what none of y'all say. She was a criminal and they have her on surveillance. They have her on poll cameras. They have her on jail calls, all this stuff. All right. She was billing out her guy, Jamarcus Glover. She had bailed him out several times. All right. She was storing his money for him. He was good. They observed him on surveillance, going to her house, picking up, um, uh, picking up drugs and then going back to the trap house. As soon as he dropped, he, he would go to the trap house. You know, people start scurrying over there again, you know, which means obviously he had just, uh, um, you know, made a drug drop off. So she was 100% a crook too. She would watch out for him when he would go and re up at the house. They got her on camera doing that as well. So outside of them being idiots about their search warrant, okay, the evidence was there prior, all right? It was just sloppy police work on their end, which ended up getting them jammed up, which, hey, you can't fuck up on search warrants, man. You can't. Can't lie on documents. Can't, can't do that, all right? But everyone has their dark sides in this investigation. Former officer Brett Hankison who was acquitted on state charges for fire. Some dummy says, who cares who she dated? Are you fucking dumb, bro? Yo, everybody give this. <laughs> this dude, uh, Hanafi Abdullah, who cares who she did? Bro, are you stupid? It does matter because who she dated was directly the reason why she was involved in a police altercation. Had she not dated Jamarcus Glover, she would have never been the subject of investigation and she would have never been put in this precarious situation where she was the victim of a police shooting because the police would have never been there had she not been involved 
with a large-scale drug trafficker, and that was proven, you dummy. Like, oh God. Like, see, I really do do think that sometimes people don't even look at the facts. They just look at it with their emotions like, wait, how is that relevant who she's dating? It's extremely relevant. If she wasn't dating that idiot, she would be alive today. Okay? And the other guy that she was in bed with, that dummy, if he had, if he had a shot at his gun, I don't know if you guys noticed this. If she hadn't been dating Jamarcus Glover, the police would have never shown up at her house. If she didn't date, date dumbass Kenneth Walker, who decided to shoot at the police, she would be alive today. Does that mean that the police are innocent in this situation? No. But we got to look at all aspects here. All right? She dated two criminals, verified criminals, because they went through Kenneth's phone, and he was talking about robbing people and selling drugs. That's a fact. She was a criminal, and she was dating criminals. Fuck your feelings. That's the truth. No one deserves to die, but she was a criminal. She was hanging out with criminals. When you hang out with criminals, you're going to be put in situations like this, guys. All right? Don't break the law. Don't hang out with people that break the, that break the law. Why do you guys think I'm so vigilant about not being around crooks, not being around idiots? Because I know from my training experience and also from what, you know, from my prior, you know, professional experience, being around criminals puts you in a bad spot. You don't want to be around nefarious individuals. Okay. What do they say? You're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Brianna Taylor probably was a good woman. However, she hung out with these fucking idiots and they put her up to no good. And she started committing criminal activity being around them. Moving around drugs, moving around money, being on jail call, stashing shit for this guy, Jamarcus Glover, while he was in jail. Yes, so her relationship is extremely relevant, dummy. God. <laughs> Three things, 50 bucks. You know what's crazy? She didn't hide or stay in the bedroom like most females would. Again, that's why it was strange to me that they said that Kenneth shot the gun. Bro, he said when, he, when they first arrested him, they asked her, who shot uh, the gun, you or her? And he said she shot the gun which would honestly make more sense that she shot it because why would she be standing in front of him walking towards the door? And why would he be behind her? So I wouldn't be surprised if she was the one that shot the gun, but who knows? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Uh, any other chats here? Pookie and Ray Ray ish, my two cents. Yeah, man. It's yeah. They were 100% Pookies and Ray Rays. Don't hang out with criminals guys. Don't hang out with criminals. Emotions should not be incurring a chat room full of males. Facts. Yeah, people are, are emotional right now, bro. This isn't about race, man. This is about people being crooks. I don't want to hear nothing about Myron, you're biased. Da, 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 da. I break down cases on all races. Where were, where were you guys crying about when I was breaking down a case on the Colombians? Drug trafficking with Pablo Escobar, huh? Where, where were y'all? <laughs> Nowhere. Hiring into a neighbor's apartment today charged with excessive force for firing 10 shots through a window and sliding glass door in Taylor's home. Brianna Taylor should be alive today. Say her name! Taylor's death and the murder of George Floyd sparking protests across the country. Say her name! Brianna Taylor! I've waited 874 days for today. Brianna Taylor's mother calling the charges overdue. What we've been seeing on day one, y'all learning what we've been seeing was the truth. 
that Absolutely. they shouldn't have been there and that Brianna didn't deserve that. With three of the officers charged with civil rights violations could face a maximum of life in prison. A fourth officer could spend years behind bars if convicted. With Faith, thank you. Uh, five years to be exact because she snitched, but we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, and I might do, a, and uh, just speaking of Brittany uh, Griner, guys, quick little uh, side tangent here. I might do an episode for you guys because the U United States right now is in talks with Russia about giving away um, trading prisoners. And the United States has a guy, if you guys ever seen the movie, uh, you know, God of War, I think it was, with Nicolas Cage. Um, the guy's name was Victor. Um, I forget his last name, but it was a Victor something, Russian guy. I might break down his case as well because he's serving quite a bit of time for a bunch of shit that he was doing as well. So I might do that case for y'all uh, based on the movie God of War. Um, all right. So, okay. So let's go ahead, guys, and start going through the court documents here. All right. All right. So we're going to go through here. Uh, bam. All right. So here, guys, is the indictment on the first two individuals. Okay. Um, Joshua James and Kyle Miani. Okay. Now you guys are, you know, I'll break down real quick what an indictment is for you guys, for the new viewers that may or may not know. An indictment, guys, is a um is a formal charge, you know, from a grand jury that charges you with a crime, okay? Um, and this, you know, whether it's state or federal or whatever it may be, um, you know, indictment documents look different depending on whether it's state or federal, but the federal ones look like this. It always goes United States District Court. In this case, this is the Western District of Kentucky at Louisville, okay? And this is the indictment right here, okay? The grand jury charges uh, at times material to this indictment. Brown and Taylor, 26-year-old woman from Louisville, Kentucky, who was at, uh, as of March 2020, had lived for several years at 3003 uh, Springfield Drive, Apartment 4, the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department, LMPD, in late 2019, formed a unit called Place-Based Investigation, PBI. In early 2020, PBI was investigating alleged narcotic trafficking that was centered in the West End area of Louisville, approximately 10 miles away from Taylor, Taylor's home. And, oh, hold on, guys. Uh, can't see. Hold on, my bad. Let me hit stop screen. My bad, guys, my bad. Right here. Bam. Okay. And let me go ahead and enlarge this for y'all real quick. Okay. So here's the two defendants. Okay, so one more time. West District of Kentucky at Louisville, United States District Court, United States of America versus Joshua James and Kyle Miani. Just so you guys understand, Joshua James and Kyle Miani were the two um, officers that pretty much were mostly involved in drafting up the search warrants, okay? And as you guys can see, the search warrant is this right here, okay? You can see it right here. Detective Joshua C. James. Here's the badge number, 7627. This is the search warrant in contestant that they're saying uh, they lied, okay? Um, and you guys can see Jamarcus Glover. This was another uh, drug trafficker that was involved. Then Brianna Taylor. This is what they were trying to seize at the house, okay? And then this is um, this is pictures that they took of the home when they were on surveillance, okay? And then this is the uh, and then this is this is more of the search warrant, okay? This is what they're trying to get. Here's the affidavit, okay? Affian conducted the following independent investigation. Now, this is the affidavit that they used, all right, to go ahead and get the search warrant, which they're saying portions of this were were um, were lied about, essentially, okay? Um, now, 
let's go ahead and read the indictment. And what we can do is we can actually, you know, go back and forth between the indictment and the search warrant where they're saying that they lied. Okay. So let me hit some of these chats real quick. Uh, the Louisville Police Department has information that stems from a poisonous tree. The credibility on the report that they're going off of cannot be used as credible in my eyes. Uh, well, you got to remember, bro, that the police report, the, the search warrant came last. Okay. So anything that seized after the search warrant, yes, would be bad. But everything before, it can still potentially be saved. Uh, you're talking about the, um, you know, uh, fruits of a poisonous tree doctrine, which, yes, does definitely apply. But in this case, um, <laughs> these emotional males is exactly why our society is running amok. That's why you can't dress none of these ninjas. Yeah, you can't be, you can't deal with emotional guys, man. Emotional men cause issues. They definitely cause issues. Um, Got to be stoic. Master Skywalker goes, I've seen what such feelings can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are no A1 in the chat, though. I ain't going to lie. Uh, Y'all roast these emotional people that come in here and start crying on Fed it. Uh, okay. And then Three Diglets. You know what's crazy? She didn't hide or stay in the bedroom like most females would. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and go to keep going through this document, okay? Okay, Kyle Miani was an LMPD sergeant who supervised the PBI unit. He had been employed as LMPD officer since 2013. Joshua James was a detective in the PBI unit who, as of early 2020, had worked at LMPD for approximately 15 years, okay? On March 12, 2020, PBI using affidavits sworn by Joshua James and approved by Kyle Miani obtained warrants to search five properties. These included four properties in Louisville's West End neighborhood that were allegedly used for drug trafficking, as well as Taylor's home at 3003 Springfield Ave, apartment four, the Springfield apartment. Let's go ahead and get, hit some highlights. The primary target investigation was JG. The JG, guys, is Jamarcus Glover, by the way. It's funny how they don't put that in there. They don't want to put the full name. A man who had been previously arrested for committing drug offenses. Joshua James and Kyle Miani knew that the affidavit used to obtain the warrant to search Taylor's home contained information that was false, misleading, and out of date. The affidavit omitted material information and the officers lacked probable cause for this search. Joshua James and Kyle Miani knew that the execution of the search warrant would be carried out by armed LMPD officers and could create a dangerous situation both for those officers and for anyone who happens to be in Taylor's home. On March 13, 2020, at approximately 12:45 a.m., LMPD officers who had been involved in the draft, who had not been involved in drafting the search warrant, and who were unaware of the false statements contained therein, executed the warrant at Taylor's home. Which we broke that guys down earlier when I showed you guys the NYP, the New York Times um, uh, visualization. When those officers broke down the door to the apartment, a guest in Taylor's home, KW, who was Kenneth Walker, her boyfriend, believing that intruders were breaking in, immediately fired one shot with a handgun that he lawfully possessed hitting the first officer at the door. Two LMPD officers immediately fired a total of 22 shots in the apartment, and one of those shots hit Taylor in the chest. A third officer moved from the doorway to the side of the apartment and fired 10 more shots through a window and a sliding glass door, which of which were covered with blinds and curtains. And that was Hankinson, guys, who we showed. I showed you guys this picture earlier. Taylor died from the gunshot wound to her um, chest. Okay, so they go here. The grand jury further charges count one. Okay, deprivation of rights under color of law. So, let me break this down. Guys, what they went after these police officers for were civil rights violations, okay? And typically, this is what happens with um, public officials, police officers, etc. They go after them for civil rights whenever there's um, a blunder like this to this degree where people are hurt, people are killed, uh, or rule of uh, color of law is used to commit crimes or, you know, uh, falsify records, whatever it may be. So since they were acting under the color of law, and there were police officers employed as police officers at the time. The feds could come out to them for um, 
for civil rights violations, okay? Um, on or about March 12, 2020, in the Western District of Kentucky, Joshua Jaynes and Kyle Manny, while acting under the color of law and while aiding and abetting each other and other officers, willfully caused Breonna Taylor, deprived of the right, secured and protected by the Constitution and laws of the United States, to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. And you guys, as you guys know, the Fourth Amendment, uh, you know, protects your uh, right to privacy, obviously. Uh, specifically, Joshua James drafted a swear a warrant affidavit for Taylor's home, knowing that the warrant would be executed by other armed LNPD officers and knowing at the time that the affidavit contained false and misleading statements, omitted material information, lied on stale information, was not supported by probable cause. Kalmiani approved the warrant affidavit for Taylor's home, knowing that the warrant would be executed by other LNPD officers and knowing at the time that the affidavit contained false and misleading statements. So guys, what do they mean by this? Like Kajal, Janes and Miani, et cetera. So Janes guys more than likely was the case officer on this investigation. Okay. He was the main case officer. Miani was a supervisor. Anytime you write a report, a search warrant, whatever it may be, you got to give it to your supervisor first. Then they're like, all right, this is good. Then you send it over to the judge to get signed. Okay. So that's why they're going after Miani as well as Joshua Janes. Okay. The offense involved in using the use of a dangerous weapon resulted in Taylor's death. All in violation of Title 18, United States Code, Section 242 and B. Okay. Charge two. Bidding no later than in or around April 2020 and continuing until in or around June 2022 in the Western District of Kentucky and elsewhere, Joshua Janes knowingly and willfully conspired, okay, and agreed with KG and others known and unknown to the grand jury to commit offenses against the United States, specifically one, to knowingly falsify a document with the intent to impede, obstruct, and influence the investigation and proper administration of a matter within the jurisdiction of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay, the FBI did this investigation, guys, so that's why they're referring to them. A federal agency in violation of Title 18, USC 1519, and to only engage in misleading conduct toward another person uh, with the intent to hinder, delay, and prevent the communication of information to federal law enforcement. Okay? Officer and judge relating to the commission of a possible commission of a federal offense in violation of 18 USC 1512. Okay? So now they're going to go ahead and talk about the matter and means and object of the conspiracy. Okay, guys? And... For the purposes of the U.S. Uh, conspiracy, guys, when it comes to the feds, the conspiracy is nothing more than an agreement made between two or more persons to commit a crime and then an overt act to commit said crime. OK, so. Let's say I'm going to go ahead and rob a bank. OK, I agree with um, a couple of the mods in the chat. Right. I, I, I you know, Yves and Karan Kaur, uh, Agent Fit. I conspire with them to rob a bank. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to go rob this bank. All right, cool. We're going to go do it. Right. So I go ahead and I get a getaway car. Right. You know, uh, agent fit, gets some masks and gloves. Um, Yves procures a gun and uh, Quran gets a money counter. Right. Technically we all committed overt acts in furtherance of the conspiracy. So let's say the police stop us on the way to the bank as we're going there with our masks and shit like that. And they're like, Oh, what the fuck? And they find out our plot to rob the bank. Well, we can all go down for conspiracy simply because we went ahead and took overt action to commit the bank robbery, guys. Okay. That is a conspiracy in the eyes of the government. All right. Okay. Um, let's see here. <laughs> yeah. FBI, open up. And the next thing you know, the FBI is at your house, right? The object of the conspiracy was to cover up the fact that the Springfield Drive warrant affidavit was false, misleading, stale, and unsupported by probable cause by one, submitting a false investigative letter, and two, making false statements to criminal investigators. It was part of the manner and means of the conspiracy for Joshua Jaynes and KG. By the way, KG, guys, is this chick right here. 
Kelly Goodlett, which we're going to talk about her in a second. All right. But that's what they're talking about. All right. She was a, uh, she's the other, the female police officer. All right. So uh, for the conspiracy for Joshua James and Kelly Goodlett to adopt, repeat and expand upon the Springfield drive warrant affidavits, false and misleading claims in an official investigative letter that they provided to criminal investigators on or about May 1st, 2020. Okay. So they basically went ahead and lied about the probable cause in the affidavit, all right, to strengthen it up in May when they were going through their internal affairs investigation. It was further part of the manner and means of the conspiracy for Joshua Jaynes and uh, Kelly Goodlett to call, text, and meet with each other to discuss the false information in Springfield Drive warrant affidavit and to coordinate their false cover story in an attempt to escape responsibility for their roles in preparing the uh, warrant affidavit that contained false information. It was further part of the manner and means of the conspiracy for Joshua Jaynes to contact other officers and pressure them to provide uh, support for the false information in the Springfield Drive warrant affidavit. It was further part of the manner and means of the conspiracy for Joshua Jaynes and KG to make false and misleading statements during the interviews with criminal investigators, all right? So they basically lied to internal affairs investigators and uh, potentially the FBI. Now, here's the overt acts, guys. And the overt act, like I told you before, I described it to you guys. It's an act to further the conspiracy, all right? So they're going to go ahead and talk about the actual overt acts that these police officers took to... Um, to um, actually bring the conspiracy to fruition, all right? And further so the conspiracy into accomplishes objectives, Joshua Jaynes and his conspiracy committed the following overt acts among others, okay? Remember, guys, Joshua Jaynes is the guy that actually wrote the affidavit, all right? As you guys can see here, um, this is his affidavit right here, all right? In or about May or uh, April or May 2020, after the March 13, 2020 shooting of Breonna Taylor, Joshua Jaynes called JM, a fellow LMPD officer, to try to get JM to say that he had previously told Joshua Jaynes that JG had received packages at Taylor's apartment. In fact, JM had told Joshua Jaynes in or around um, January 2020 they had no information showing that JG received packages at Taylor's apartment. And during the post-shooting call in April or May 2020, JM again told Joshua Jaynes that he was unaware of any information that JG had received packages at Taylor's apartment. Okay, so this is very important, guys, because... In the affidavit, okay, this is the affidavit that he actually wrote and swore to, okay, right here. Where is the packages? This is his affidavit right here. Um, let's see. So he talks about, um, let me see, hit a control F real quick. Packages. Hmm. was right here is page 135 all right so let's go back see i hate state search warrants guys because they're never written well it's like one two three and it's all like oh man this is this this search warrant is giving me a, a headache just from looking at it well y'all can see it this is the, this is the affidavit right it's in there somewhere and you guys go you guys may be able to find it faster than me but let's let's uh let's keep going all right after having been told by two officers from shively police department in april 2020 that jg had not received packages at um taylor's home oh jg guys it by the way is jamarcus glover all right joshua Jaynes wrote in an investigative letter that he had verified through jm of lmpd who contacted the postal service that jg had been receiving packages at 3003 springfield drive apartment number four okay and that is going to be 
right. Let's see here. Okay. Well, let me highlight this. God damn it. So you guys can see um, poll camera. Detectives are Adrian O. Walker and cooperation. Nope. Um, possession of firearm. No. So they saw him with the car. These are his pending cases. Line six. Okay, so Affian has conducted surveillance multiple times on site near the physical location. Hmm. Okay. Affian has verified through multiple computer databases that Brianna Taylor lives at 3003 Springfield Drive, number four. Affian verified through multiple computer databases that as, that as of February 2020, Jamarcus Glover uses 3003 Springfield Drive, number four, as his current home address. Mr. Jay Glover and Mr. Walker are acquaintances that have been seen going to and from 2024 Elliott Avenue. That's one of the houses that was actually searched, by the way, guys. Um, oh, Affian verified through a U.S. Postal Inspector that Jamarcus Glover has been receiving packages at 3003 Springfield Drive, number four. Affian knows through training experience that it is not uncommon for drug traffickers to receive mail packaged at different locations to avoid detection from law enforcement. Affian believes through training experience that Mr. Jay Glover may be keeping narcotics and or proceeds from sales of narcotics at 3003 Springfield Drive, number four, for safekeeping. Now, that and that's from line number nine, okay? So here in the indictment, what the FBI clearly did here was the FBI went ahead probably and interviewed that postal inspector. Okay, JM is probably the initials of the postal inspector that um, Joshua James claimed he spoke to. Okay, so um, oh no, sorry, sorry, no, no, no. JM is a fellow LMPD officer, so he tried to get him to say that he had previously told Joshua James that um, that J Jamarcus Glover had received packages at Taylor's apartment. Um, yeah, okay. So after, uh, so he was, it was, he was basically trying to get one of the officers on the team to verify that, even though that's not what happened. Okay. And then I showed you guys the part in his affidavit that was off. After having been told by two officers from Shively Police Department in April 2020 that JG had not received packages at Taylor's home, Joshua James wrote in an investigative letter that he had verified through JM of LNPD, who contacted the Postal Service, that JG had been received packages at 3003 Springfield Drive, number four. And we just read that on a paragraph, uh, that was paragraph nine of them. No. Paragraph, yeah, nine, right here. Boom. Okay. In or around April twenty, uh, April twenty twenty, uh, Joshua Jaynes and KG included in the investigative letter the misleading claim that a detective was able to verify through clear law enforcement database that as of February twentieth, twenty twenty, JG used three thousand three Springfield Drive as his residence. Joshua Jaynes and KG both knew at the time that this statement was misleading because, as they knew, JG did not live at three thousand three Springfield Drive in February 2020, okay? And this right here, guys, is right here, okay? FBI verified through multiple computer databases that as of 2020, uh, February 20th, 2020, Jamarcus Glover uses 3003 Springfield Drive as his current home address, okay? So the FBI went back and was like, hey, no, that's not true, man. Um, you cat, all right? All right. Uh, from honor about 11, uh, April 11, 2020 through honor about May 1st, 2020, KG reviewed a draft of the investigative letter, this Kelly Goodlett, sent to her by Joshua James, containing the claim that JM had verified that JG had received packages at 
Taylor's residence. Knowing that the statement was false, KG failed to change the statement or make or, or object to it. KG later sent a letter which included this false statement. Okay, so that's how they got Kelly Goodlett, this chick right here, who ended up snitching, which I'm going to show you guys how I know that she snitched. All right? She was the one that probably cooperated and got these two guys in trouble uh, significantly. Um, on or about May 1st, 2020, Joshua James and KG signed and submitted the investigative letter that they had jointly drafted about PBI's investigation that led to the search warrants that were served on March 13, 2020. At the time, Joshua James and Kelly Goodlett knew that the letter contained false and misleading information that purported to link Breonna Taylor to Jamarcus Glover and the letter omitted information that would have undermined the claim of an ongoing connection between Taylor and JG. On or about May 17, 2020, after media outlets, but it is true, though, they were 100% boyfriend and girlfriend, and that was proven in the investigation. However, they didn't show, right? They didn't show the stuff that could have potentially been exculpatory, okay, which you're supposed to do that. On or about May 17, 2020, after media outlets reported that a postal inspector had announced that JG had not received packages at Taylor's residence, as alleged in a Springfield Drive warrant affidavit, and on May 1st, 2020, investigator Joshua J texted JG that a criminal investigator wanted to meet with him the following day and arranged to meet with KG in Joshua Jane's garage that night. Ooh, okay, so this is where shit starts getting crazy, all right? So now the walls are closing in, right? So postal inspector, right? Because he puts in his affidavit, oh, I verified through a postal inspector, such and such, right? Um, right here, verified through a postal inspector that Jamarcus Glover had been receiving packages at 3003 Springfield Drive. So um, on May 17th, Right. Obviously, guys, remember, this this case took a whole bunch of crazy shit happened. So the Postal Inspection Service is like, hell no, nah, we didn't give this guy this information. Right. And they said Jamarcus Glover had not received packages at Taylor's address, as alleged in the Springfield Drive warrant affidavit. And on May 1st, investigative letter, Joshua James texted Kelly Good, uh, Goodlett that a criminal investigator wanted to meet with him following the day and arranged to meet with KG and Joshua James garage that night. When Joshua and uh, Kelly go to the garage on the evening of May 17, 2020, Joshua James relayed to Kelly that they needed to get on the same page because they could both go down for putting false information in a Springfield Drive warrant. During a meeting in the garage, Joshua James and KG agreed to tell investigators a false story, claiming that JM had told them in January 2020 that JG was receiving packages at Taylor's home. So this is where they were stupid. On or about May 19, 2020, Two days after the garage meeting, Joshua James falsely claimed to investigators with LMPD's Public Integrity Unit, which, by the way, that's their internal affairs, okay? In January 2020, Jam had told him and KG nonchalantly that your guy, JG, just gets Amazon or mail packages there at Taylor's home. Honor about, so he's trying to downplay it. Honor about August 12, 2020, KG falsely told investigators with the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General... In January 2020, JM in passing had told KG and Joshua James that he verified JG was getting packages there at Taylor's home. On or about June 14, 2022, during an interview with agents with the FBI, Joshua James falsely claimed that in January 2020, JM made a nonchalant comment that JG was getting mail or Amazon packages at Taylor's home, all in violation of Title 18, United States Code, Section 371. So you guys see here, they met in the garage, and then after they met in the garage, they lied to investigators and they concealed stuff, okay, from the affidavit. That's what got them hit with the conspiracy, okay? Let's see how many likes we have here, guys. Hope you guys are enjoying this because nobody's going to read affidavits, with, like indictments with you guys and give you guys this much detail. So I need you guys to like the video. Let me look here where we're at because I need to get the engagement up. We got 1,500 of y'all in here right now. So like the video, guys, because we got how many? We got 853. Guys, do me a quick favor. All you got to do. 
like the video, subscribe to the channel. Obviously, preparing these cases, guys, takes a lot of time. Uh, very tiring. I haven't slept much. <laughs> uh, had a tough time at the gym. And uh, all I ask is that you guys like the video. You don't have to donate a dollar to the show. Okay. I do, genuinely do enjoy doing these videos for you guys so you guys can kind of get an insight as to how criminal investigations are done. And I'm going to drop a documentary for y'all uh, on Tuesday on the FBI shootout from 1986 because I know you guys have been asking for that. Okay. So count three, falsification of records in federal investigation. On or about May 1st, 2020, in the Western District of Kentucky, Joshua James acting in relation to and in contemplation of a matter within the jurisdiction of the FBI. Okay, not only falsified a document with the intent to impede and obstruct and influence the investigation and proper administration of that matter, James Moss uh, falsified an investigative letter which he knew would be used in criminal investigation into the preparation and execution of the Springfield Drive warrant at Breonna Taylor's home by including false and misleading statements about the connection between Taylor and alleged drug, tra drug trafficking and by omitting material information that undermined the claim of an ongoing investigation. Okay. Uh, on or about May 7th, and then this is uh, count four, false statements of federal investigators. On or about May 17, 2022, in the Western District of Kentucky, Kyle Miani knowingly and willingly made a materially false, fictitious, and fraudulent statement and representation matter within the jurisdiction of the FBI. Uh, Kyle Miani, specifically, he falsely told an FBI agent uh, that a paragraph requesting authority to make no-knock entry at Taylor's home was included in the Springfield Drive warrant affidavit because officers at LMPD SWAT unit had during a planned meeting on or about March 5th, 2020, asked for no-knock authority at that location. In truth and in fact, Kamiani knew that SWAT did not ask PBI to request no-knock entry at the Springfield Drive apartment four. Oh, man, this fucking... These guys are tripping all over themselves, getting themselves in trouble, all in violation of Title 18 United States Code Section 1001. Uh, 1001, guys, is one of the easiest charges to hit you with. It's false statements, Okay. And the paragraph that they're talking about in, in, in particular, guys, is this one right here. Affian is requesting a no-knock entry of the premises due to the nature of how these drug traffickers operate. These drug traffickers have a history of attempting to destroy evidence, have cameras on location that compromise the detectives once an approach to the dwelling is made, and have a history of fleeing from law, law enforcement. See, this part is actually true because when I read the other when I read the rest of the case file, they were, you know, trying to flush drugs. They had guns at the houses, they had cameras. This is what I'm talking about when I said. These detectives just did sloppy police work and were fucking lazy, okay? Lazy, 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 all right? And ended up getting them in fucking trouble. And then this guy, Kamiani, lied, all right, the, the supervisor, and said, yo, the SWAT team wanted a no-knock warrant. The answer nope. is no, my friend, and you lied to the FBI when you went over and did that, in in that interview. Ended up getting charged, okay? So now they're looking at, uh, count one, no more than life, $250,000 bond, no more than five-year supervised release, okay? Um, and this is what they're looking at here. And then um, uh, 18 USC 31031, So these are just the charges, guys, and what they, what they carry. Now let's go ahead and look at the girl, all right? So this gets a little bit better, okay? <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to go ahead and enlarge this for you all real quick. And we'll take a look at the chat real fast. Shout out to all you guys in the chat, by the way, my ninjas. Um, let's see here what the likes are at, guys. Hope you guys are enjoying this breakdown, man. Like I said, we're, we're document heavy today, man. We're looking at the actual documents, all right? And there's uh, 1.5K, you guys watching. Please like the video, man. Like I said, this stuff takes a lot of time to prepare. Reading this document with you guys, breaking it down, you know, helping you guys understand what this all means, okay? Ain't nobody else giving y'all this kind of sauce on the internet, okay? Because um, they're just not. Okay, so what's an information? Guys, an information is filed by the AUSA. 
All right. It's filed by the prosecutor. Nine out of 10 times. Okay. We'll give you all some game right now. If you see information filed against someone, nine out of 10 times, that means that individual is cooperating. Okay. Again, nine out of 10 times, not every single time, but most of the time, if you see an information filed on an individual, it's a telltale sign that subject is cooperating with the government. Okay. There's some sauce for y'all right there. Brought to you only on Fed at 1811. No, ain't nobody else going to break that down for you guys like that. Okay. Now, when it comes to the state, I don't know. But federally, if it's information, they're cooperating. All right. So here's Kelly Goodlett. Okay. And as you guys can see, she was one of the people that met with such and such at the garage. Let me break this down for y'all how this probably went. I'm going to go into a dream scenario. When the FBI started probing this case, okay, now keep in mind that there was an enormous amount of pressure on the FBI to bring charges against individuals involved in this shooting, okay? So when the FBI started this investigation two years ago, back in, in March, right, they have to let the internal affairs do their investigation first. Internal affairs always typically typically gets first right of refusal, okay? Um, and the other reason, too, why the FBI probably wanted internal affairs to do their investigation is because... Let's just keep it a thousand. Internal affairs does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Okay. They bring them in. They're able to interview them without necessarily having the people. Um, they can't. When internal affairs calls you in, you have to go in. And the beauty of that is when internal affairs calls you in, you have to give the internal affairs investigators an interview. Okay. So for the FBI, they're going to sit back and let internal affairs do their investigation because internal affairs is going to have a much easier job doing an investigation than the FBI is. Okay. Because number one, it's standard protocol. They're going to be more likely to cooperate with internal affairs. Number two, they have to cooperate with internal affairs. And then number three, they might be able to get information from internal affairs that they might not necessarily be able to get on their own. So you guys are probably wondering, what took them so long to indict? Well, they had to let everybody else, the attorney general's office, the internal affairs, let them do their case, right? And then after they did their case, they're like, hey, guys, we're going to take this thing federal. All right, cool. Internal affairs turns it over. Let's the FBI do it, right? And then that's why the FBI was doing all their interviews late as hell, like in 2022, as you guys saw when they were lying to investigators. They already had their case made. It's just that they wanted to kind of get them in there, you know, in the last steps. Okay. So um, what probably happened was they're like, all right, listen, we want to go after the guys that drafted the affidavit incorrectly, which is going to be James and the supervisor. We need a cooperator. We need someone to cooperate with us. So what did they do? They went after Kelly. Right. Probably because she was the weakest one in the weakest link. She had the least culpability and they cut her a deal, which in this case, you guys are going to see right now. She got she's looking at a way lesser charge than the rest of these guys. She was looking at conspiracy. OK, whereas these other guys are looking at conspiracy, deprivation of rights, all this other shit. OK, so they approached her probably. Listen, cooperate with us. Tell us everything that was involved in covering this thing up. And you're not going to get as much time. We'll file information. You could plead guilty to that information. And you probably won't do that much time, if any time at all, in jail. So what does she do? All right, I'll do it. And the next thing you know, gotcha, bitch. bam, now they got a cooperator and they're able to make the case against Miani and against the other person. Then also, I want to let you all know this as well. Nine out of 10 chance, if uh, Miani or the other guy, James, decides to go to, um, to trial, she's 100% going to testify against them. She's going to be the one to say, yes, I was at the garage. Yes, we discussed this. Yes, we conspired to do this, etc." So 
this, right? Because especially when you go after police officers, a lot of the time, guys, you're going to need very, very strong witnesses because they will go to trial a lot of the time. All right. So, uh, all right, cool. So let's go ahead. I'll look at the chat real fast. See if I missed any of you guys. Uh, Demon fingers. If Darcy does something reckless, she can get the smoke too. I don't know who Darcy is. But we'll keep going. Uh, I don't care about your personal. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, no need to have drama. Just enjoy the show. Yeah, guys, like the video for the algo, please appreciate that. Get us, get us to um. If you guys can get me to fifteen hundred likes, that would be fucking awesome. Get us to one hundred percent engagement, so I can stop asking for uh to get the likes up. All right, cool. So, so here's the information, okay, from Kelly Goodlett. Uh, Kelly Goodlett was a detective in the PBI unit who, as of early twenty twenty, had worked for LMPD for approximately eight years. Uh, Kyle Miani was an LPD sergeant who supervised the PBB unit. Joshua Jaynes was a detective in the PBI unit. Who, okay, as we already know, uh, and we already went over these facts. Okay, we went over that. So count one conspiracy. So this is what they're. This is all she's getting, guys. Is conspiracy, beginning beginning not later than in or around January 2020, and continuing until in or around June 2022 in the Western District of Kentucky and elsewhere. Kelly Goodlett knowingly and willfully conspiring to agree with Joshua Jaynes and others known and unknown to the United States to commit offenses against the United States, specifically to uh, knowingly falsify a warrant affidavit for Breonna Taylor's home in violation of 18 U.S.C. 242 and 2, and knowingly engage in misleading conduct toward another person with the intent to hinder, delay, and prevent the communication of information to federal law enforcement officer and judge related to commission and possible commission of federal offenses, okay? Um, so go ahead. So here we go. Manner means an object of the conspiracy, uh, I think we read through this already, right? Here's the overt acts. Okay, on or about March 10th or 11th, 2020, Joshua Jane sent Kenley Goodlett a draft of the Springfield Drive uh, affidavit in which he claimed that he had verified from a postal inspector that JG was receiving packages. Remember, guys, this is Jamarcus Glover. This is Brianna Taylor's boyfriend who's a drug trafficker at Taylor's address. Kelly Goodlett knew this claim was false because Joshua Jaynes had previously told her that he had been told there was no evidence of JG receiving packages at Springfield Drive. Despite knowing that this allegation was false, Kelly Goodlett failed to change the statement or object to it. Okay. On or about March 10th or 20, 11, 20, 2020, Kelly Goodlett told Joshua Jaynes, remember guys, they searched their house on the 12th, so they were writing up this affidavit on the 10th or 11th, okay? Um, that Springfield Drive warrant affidavit did not contain enough recent information connecting Taylor or her home to criminal activity. She then added a paragraph to the affidavit that she knew was misleading, which stated that detectives had verified from databases that as of February 20, 2020, JG used 3000 Springfield Drive as his current home address. So she actually added that to the affidavit, right? Which is right here. Bam. Paragraph 13. Okay. Okay. Um, Honor about May 17, 2020, after media outlets reported that Postal Inspector had announced that JG had not received packages at Taylor's address as alleged in Springfield uh, warrant affidavit, because obviously the Postal Inspector was like, hell no, man, I don't want to be involved in this. Joshua James texted Goodlett Gulli that a criminal investigator wanted to meet with him the following day and arranged to meet with Kelly Goodlett in Joshua James' garage that night. Who's a criminal investigator? More than likely internal affairs, guys. And then they met in the garage, and we read through this already. <clears throat> and yes, we talked about this. So yeah, so this is basically all the stuff from the complaint from the affidavit from before. Um, so she lied to the Kentucky Office of Attorney General. She lied to Internal Affairs, Public Integrity Units. And then she also, uh, on or about June 14th, during an interview with agents with the FBI, uh, Joshua Jaynes, okay, yep. So, so bam. So they got her, guys, right, with um, 
with uh, with conspiracy. So she ha- she's facing no more than five years, two hundred fifty thousand dollar bond, uh, and no more than three years of supervised release. More than likely, guys, what's gonna happen? She's probably not gonna get any time. All right, she's probably gonna get maybe one year, two years max. Okay, so the maximum she's facing is five years. Versus these guys, the maximum they're facing is life. Life, gentlemen. Meanwhile, her, five years. Okay? So that's how you know that she snitched, my friends. She got hit with an information. She's only getting hit with 18 USC 371, which I know right off the back of my head is conspiracy. That's all she's getting hit with. Meanwhile, these guys are getting hit with, uh, you know, 18 USC 371 conspiracy. They're getting hit with 1001 false statements. They're getting hit with the deprivation of of rights, right? Uh, Color of law. And then they're hit, getting hit with the 1519. All right. So now we're going to go over the last officer, Brett Hankinson. Okay. This is the guy that shot at the house like a dummy. You know, stupid. Okay. So uh, let's see what the likes are before we get into this third indictment here. And by the way, guys, we're almost, to, uh, we, we got 1,000 likes, guys. Let's hit 1.5K likes, guys. Let's hit 100% engagement. Uh, and then let me see here. We got, um, oh, we got three diglets with a big $200 super chat, man. Let me find this bad boy, bro. Thank you so much for the support, three diglets. Really appreciate that. He goes, I am the law. <laughs> oh, my friend. Thank you so much for the donations, man. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, man, y'all don't have to donate a dollar to the show. All I ask is that you like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're almost at 100,000, guys. I want to hit 100,000. Number one, to say fuck you to all the haters. And then for number two, so we can get that plaque and flex it and be like, hey, we're 100K on Fedit, man. So, uh, so yeah, man. Because, yo, the other reason why I want you guys to like this video is because nobody, okay, a lot of people talk about these cases. They might be like, oh, Breonna Taylor this, Breonna Taylor that. Who actually went through the court documents with you guys on both sides? I went over the, the, you know, the criminal case for Breonna Taylor, and I'm going over the criminal case for the police officers, breaking it down for you guys in a very unbiased fashion, right? I'm telling you guys how the police officers fucked up. I'm telling you guys how Breonna Taylor, you know, and her criminal organization fucked up. So, you know, this is, this is unbiased as it gets, baby. So like the video, guys, because nobody's actually going through the court documents with you guys, all right? A lot of people talk shit. Oh, yo, uh, this and that. But they don't actually go through the court documents. They don't know what they're talking about most of the time. That's why I can speak in such an educated fashion about these cases. And I tell the haters to suck my dick because I know what I'm talking about. I actually read the documents. Okay, I'm not just on here talking shit. Uh, I'm a retired NYPD detective. My former unit actually did the GS9 case. Keep up the go work, mind. Yo, AL. Shout out to you, bro. Hit me up uh, on the side. Uh, Type in AL in all caps and then type in GS9. I'll hit you up and we'll talk about that because people actually ask me to do the GS9 case. So uh, I, might, I might do that one. So uh, shout out to you, man. Shout out to NYPD. Shout out to the blue. Um, Tamaya uh, Gaines goes, uh, hey, babe, when can we expect a 9-11 episode? I will do 9-11 as well for you guys. I'll probably react to it with a documentary. But yes, I will do 9-11. That one's going to take time. Throw a wrench on three diglets. Yeah, you're right. I should throw a wrench on three diglets. Uh, let me see if I can here. Um, three diglets. Let me see here if I can find you. And thank you so much, man, for all the support, guys. I really do appreciate it, man. I really do. Y'all, y'all are y'all are the y'all are the best. Um, hold on. Am I fucking? I don't think I'm logged in on my FedEx account. Yeah, I'm not. My bad. I'm logging in right now, and then I'll add you. Okay, so let's go through this indictment, and then uh, three diglets. I'll give you a wrench, my friend. All right. 
So, uh, okay. So, Brett Hankinson got hit with 18 U.S.C. 242, which is, you know, the um, the civil rights laws. Okay. So, Brett Hankinson was a Louisville Metro Police Department detective who had worked uh, at LMPD for approximately 17 years. Okay. Um, so, let's go ahead and go into uh, his charges. On or about... Uh, March 13, 2020, in Western Kentucky, Brett Hankinson, while acting under color of law, willfully deprived Breonna Taylor and KW of the right, this is uh, Kenneth Walker, secured and protected by the Constitution and laws of the United States to be free from unreasonable seizures, specifically during a seizure of Breonna Taylor and KW by officers executing a search warrant, and after there was no longer a lawful objective justifying the use of deadly force, Brett Hankinson fired five shots through a bedroom window that was covered with blinds and a blackout curtain. The offense involved the use of dangerous weapons and an attempt to kill. All in violation of 18 U.S.C., 242. Uh, count two. On or about March 13th in the Western District of Kentucky, Brad Hackinson, while acting under color law, willfully deprived CN, ZF, and C of the, CE of the right secured and protected by the Constitution of the Law of the United States to be free from the deprivation of liberty uh, of liberty without the due process of law. Oh, my bad. Highlight. Uh, which includes the right to be free from an officer's use of unjustified force that shocks the conscience. Specifically, after there were no longer lawful objective justifying the use of deadly force, Brett Hankinson fired five bullets into the living room of apartment four through a sliding glass that covered with blinds and a curtain. Multiple bullets traveled through the wall of apartment four into apartment three, endangering CN, ZF, and CE. So these three individual guys were the people that were in the other apartment that got shot into, okay? The offenses involved the use of dangerous weapons and an attempt to kill. So see how he got hit with two counts? He got hit with one count for Breonna Taylor and uh, Kenneth Walker, right? And then he got hit with the second count because the bullets went into the apartment of another individual and those endangering those three innocent people, all right? So they went ahead and gave a guy a true bill on that. So let me tell y'all something, bro. Surprisingly, the person that actually has the strongest case to beat the feds in this is this guy right here. Brett Hankinson. And I'll tell you why. The reason why is because he already beat the state on this. Okay. He already got found not gu guilty. Um, he already got found not guilty um, for, you know, the wanton endangerment, which this charge is essentially the same exact thing. All right. Now, I know you guys are saying, oh, what about double jeopardy, whatever? Well, it's a little bit different because they're hitting him with civil rights violations. They're not necessarily hitting him with reckless endangerment of people. See how they were able to kind of get around it in this case? So, um, he might be able to beat this one, guys. Now, uh, how is he going to beat it? Well, what he's going to have to argue is that he's going to have to articulate that he felt his life was in danger and that he couldn't, how do I say this? He couldn't deduce the fact that the gunshots that were coming, he didn't know it was from the other police officers because, like I showed you guys before in the diagram, right? And let's, let's show the visual representation here real fast. You know, so he, all right. Let's go ahead and go. Brianna Taylor shooting. Or was it this one right here? Okay. Is this video right here? Okay. So we're going to go back a bit. He goes over here. All right. So from his vantage point right here, guys. Okay. This is how he's going to, if, if he beats this case, this is how he's going to, him and his defense attorney are going to basically, his defense attorney actually is going to have to do this. But they're going to have to prove that while he was standing here and the gunshots were going off, he can't necessarily see what the hell's going on over here. He just hears and sees muzzle flashes and gunshots. So he's assuming, yo, they're still shooting. And he thinks, yo, they're shooting from over here. When in reality, they were shooting from like back over here. Okay.
But again, he's, you know, 2020 hindsight, right? He doesn't have the 2020 hindsight. So that's what might save him. Keep in mind, guys, he beat the state case on this. He beat the state case on this. So what's going to happen is that he's going to have to prove, yo, I heard the gunshots. I saw the muzzle flashes. I thought that it was the other person shooting and not the police officers that are actually shooting. He doesn't know, guys, that Kenneth Walker only shot one shot. All he knows is a shot was shot. His guy got injured. He's on the floor bleeding. He runs to the side trying to flank, and he hears gunshots. He thinks it's a police, and the other guys are in a fucking shootout, so he shoots into the house. Was that a smart move? No. I told you guys this. It was stupid. Very stupid. However, if he can show, which is going to be easy to prove, by the way, yo, I didn't know that it was the police that were actually shooting, and it wasn't the assailant, he might be able to walk, guys. He might be able to go to trial and walk on this one. Okay? The other two that lied on the affidavit, they're fucked. I'll tell y'all that. They're going to 100%. They're going to, they're, they're, they're done. Okay. Because Kelly Goodlett is a witness for the government. I already could tell. Okay. So she's going to cooperate and she's going to testify against Miani and she's going to testify against Janes. Okay. And then the other two are, are bad because they lied already. Okay. 1001 is not a hard charge to prove. Um, and then uh, the fact that they falsified the um, the the the, um, uh, the search warrant, and the postal inspectors and everybody else came out and said, "Yo, this shit isn't true." The 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 records show that uh, you know Jamarcus Glover wasn't actually at the residence. Yeah, that's a big. Uh, that's gonna be an L. Bam, Remy era. There we go. Someone has some higher IQ in here. Officers can't be held for truths they learned in hindsight. Exactly, exactly. Shout out to the Rami area. He gets it. Yeah, man. 2020 hindsight, guys, does not apply. All right? It does not apply. That's a landmark case right there, Graham versus Connor. Um, okay. So I think that covers um, the Brianna Taylor case, guys. Or actually, these these guys. So, oh, and then let's go through, and I'll show you guys real fast. The um, I'm going to show you guys real fast the uh, the cases where they are right now. So this is Joshua Janes, okay? This is him. And then this is Calamiani. This is what they got hit with, deprivation of rights, false statements of federal investigators, right? 1001, falsification of records in a federal investigation, conspiracy, deprivation of rights. So Janes has the most serious stuff, right? Um, And then here's the plaintiff of the USA, right? And then here's the indictment, okay? And then they were, uh, they had court. And yeah, I mean, basically... Uh, the case just started, guys. So we'll we'll stay on titching this and see what happens. And then here's Kelly Goodlett, right? All she got hit with was conspiracy. That's how y'all know she cooperated, right? Um, and then all she has the information set against her. She probably wasn't even arrested. Uh, she probably like came in and they just let her out on bond. And then this guy actually, uh, let's see here if these guys got bond. Okay, jury trial set for uh, October 11, 2022 at 9.30 a.m. in Louisville courtroom. Uh, the defendants are released on unsecured bonds in the amount of $50,000 with conditions pending further order of the court. So the, uh, the police officers are actually out on bond. The FBI went and arrested them, and they got out on bond. Um, and then this chick probably wasn't even arrested. She probably just surrendered, and they they let her go. Uh, sealed document information felony. Yep. And then this guy, Brett Hankison, deprivation of rights, right? He's the one that uh, was shooting into the house. He also got a... Uh, 
Let's see here. The defendant is released on unsecured bond in the amount of $50,000 with conditions pending further order of the courts. Okay. Um, he was arrested on the 4th, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, arrested Brett Hankinson. Yep. So was on, on the 4th. So, yeah, they went and arrested all these guys on the 4th. They picked them. They, the SWAT team hit them up and everything. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But that is the case, my friends, of what happened. That's the indictments. That's the charges. That's what they actually got hit with. So, all right. So let's go through some of these chats real fast. Let's see. Again, he's very lucky he didn't hit anyone in the other apartment. Yeah, yeah, he would have been in big trouble if he did. Highly doubt it will be much. Yeah, she won't get much that much time. You guys like the video, by the way, please. Let's see here. Let me move this down here. Okay. There's 1470 of you guys in here in the chat. Uh, boom. Demon figures. All oh, the women who ran the light and killed the six people once she gets charged. Oh, yeah, I heard about that shit. I heard about that one. Um, let's see here. What the fuck is 2020 high side? I thought it was 50-50. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if they somehow walk, going to be more riots. That's true. That's true. But the two officers that they got for lying in the affidavit, they're the ones that are, are definitely going to go down. But guys, remember, I want to make this extremely clear. The officers that actually killed Breonna Taylor are not going to prison and were not charged. Okay? It was the officers that wrote the affidavit that were charged. And people don't seem to understand the difference here. That's very, very different. Okay. Uh, lock them up for Mr. Stewart. Yep. The two people that lied in the affidavit, I agree. They fucked up. Um, okay. Anyway, I could go through the 9-11 case with you. I'm on the other side of how it went down, and I have done over seven years of research and everything about and surrounding information. I would love to talk. Reflex. Okay. Um, I'm going to stay away from any conspiracy theories on 9-11. I'm just going to keep it like, you know, with the criminal investigation, everything else like that. You know, if people want me to do a conspiracy episode, I could do that too. But um, for the purposes of 9-11, I'm probably going to just like keep that one straight, um, you know, criminal investigation. Don't sleep at a drug trafficker's house. Yes, facts. Uh, he wanted to play hero. Absolutely. Yep, that's what fucked him up. Um, Maxwell Jacob, you've been spending fire this whole stream. Probably. Y'all expect people, y'all hate to love you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Derek Mitchell. Hey, Myron, would you and Fresh do an anniversary episode when you did the legendary five-hour podcast last year when they tried to cancel you? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're uncancelable at this point, man. But uh, maybe, uh, who knows? We have the whole Gaines jam, fam uh, jam in here. Yep, absolutely. Shout out to her. Uh, shout out to Kron Kaur. You know, that's a feminine woman that has a guy at home, so she's winning. He needs his dose of attention, sad man. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Anything else? Let me make sure I didn't miss any chats. Uh, okay, I think I'm caught up on all the chats. I think I'm. I think I got all y'all. Okay, if someone goes, find a case against uh, Pfizer, Myron, uh, against Pfizer to do Myron. Okay. If there is a criminal case against them. Uh, and other than that, yeah, cool. So, guys, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Um, you guys are all the best. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like the video. Share this video with a friend. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, just to recap on what happened, uh, I want to make this extremely clear for all the weirdos out there that might get offended or butthurt or whatever it may be. Keep in mind, Brown and Taylor 100% did not deserve to die. Okay. Um, what happened was terrible, it was a tragedy. However, we got to look at the facts. Breonna Taylor was a criminal. 
Her boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, was a criminal. She was involved in a drug trafficking organization where she was committing crimes uh, to aid her boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover. Um, whether their relationship had been strained or wasn't as strong as uh, people had thought, there was plenty of evidence that showed, okay, we had video surveillance on this, we had jail calls, whatever, that showed that she had an intimate relationship with a large-scale drug trafficker, a.k.a. Jamarcus Glover, and he owned and operated a bunch of stash houses in the Louisville area that were responsible for facilitating um, the movement and trafficking of narcotics in Louisville, Kentucky, in the West End area. Okay. Um, and that's a fact, guys. That's a fact. This is why it's so important to make sure, number one, you don't hang out with losers. Number two, you don't date losers. And you keep yourself around people that have clean noses, man. Because let me tell you all something. Yes, these police officers fucked up and wrote shitty search warrants, okay, and lied, which they deserve to go to jail for. Hey, and did icy shiv fresh yet? Probably. Okay. Um, yes, these officers wrote a false search warrant that uh, shouldn't have been filed. However, had she never been hanging out with Jamarcus Glover and Kenneth Walker and all these other shitbags, she would have never been in that situation in the first place, guys. Okay? It always comes back to accountability of the individual. All right? Did she deserve to die? No. However, this is what happens when you hang out and date criminals or hang out with people that have nefarious backgrounds. Okay? This is what happens. You can open yourself up, okay, to a mistake by the police or being involved in, uh, you know, police lying in affidavits because they want to get your boyfriend so bad. They didn't care about her. They wanted her boyfriend. Okay? And they went ahead and were, they had sloppy police work, and she suffered the consequences for it, man. That's the uncomfortable truth. No one deserves to die, but we got to call a spade a spade. She was a criminal. She was involved in a criminal organization, and she was at the wrong place at the wrong time because she, she hung out with the wrong people, okay? That's the truth. Like the video, guys. Subscribe to the channel, okay? We don't lie over here on this channel. People need to stop debating whether she deserved it. She should have known better. End of story. Myron, why get uh why get life time for that is a lot. Um, well, they probably won't get life, guys. They're probably gonna plead guilty and get less time. So um but other than that, guys, love you guys. I'll catch you guys um on Tuesday when I do the FBI um shootout from 1986. You guys are gonna really enjoy that breakdown. Love y'all. Thank you guys so much to everyone in the chat. Like the video on your way out, subscribe to the channel. Peace out, gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen.